You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just bad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Good morning, you're with Karen, accentuating the positive. I'm chatting today with Joshua Dawson, I am Jeannie, a Canadian man who, after losing his father to cancer at 53, very young, decided to go out there and help people. And he grants people's wishes, especially those with terminal illness. Fascinating man. He dresses up in a blue genie mask and a red suit, and he goes around granting wishes to people who need to remember that life is worth living. Gets people out of their struggle and into the moment. Hi, Josh. Hey. How are you? Hey, how are you? How is Australia? <laughs> Australia's great. So, Josh is in Victoria, Canada. Yeah, Victoria, Canada. That's where we're calling home today. And I'm in Sydney, Australia. That's where I call home today. <laughs> I've been following Josh for a couple of years, looking at his stories, doing amazing, amazing things, granting wishes for people as the genie. I am genie. But I'd like to get into your story, Josh. What happened? To make you want to do this, what was going on for you? Uh, well, my father passed with cancer when he was only 53 years old. And it was one of those things where you just have an opportunity to either kind of let it knock you down or get up and dust yourself off and do something about it. Where I, I always felt like I wanted to, I wanted something good to come out of the experience of my father passing at such a young age. And I relooked at my whole entire life and started to wonder why is it that I am even on this earth. That particularly happened at my father's funeral where I was kneeling down praying and I felt this feeling come all over me, like every different emotion at once. It was really my father just saying hello to me. And then I just I started searching for that feeling again that that I had never really felt before, consciously felt. And uh, it really was a search for spirit, my own spirit. And I didn't realize that at the time, but it started to guide me in places and directions that I would have normally never went to. And the genie came about one day when I was hungover in Montreal, Canada. Ingrid and I were there, and I was thinking about the last kind of fun day I had with my dad. We did a Wrangler experience where we got on horses and camped with them overnight and went all over the countryside. And I thought, well, I couldn't do this with my dad again, but I could do it for other people. I can surprise other people that have cancer with their wishes. So I proclaimed to Ingrid that I was going to dress up as a blue genie and travel across the world and grant wishes. And <laughs> I love the blue genie. Where and did the, she thought I was. She thought you were crazy. Yeah, she thought I was crazy. Everyone else thought I was crazy, but so I thought I was crazy too. I had no idea where the idea really came from, and. Going back to spirit, I think that's where, you know, all the best ideas, even though they might sound crazy, come from. And, uh, yeah, the genie popped out of the lamp. There he is. So how old were you when all this was happening? How many years ago was it? I was, um, that was seven years ago that we started do, doing the, the genie experiences. And it's uh, we really thought that we were just going to drive down to Miami and Grant wishes people had cancer along the way and then that would be the end of it because we'd run out of money and we go back to our regular jobs uh, but every step of the way money seems to come from somewhere to be able to let us continue doing this for you know it's our it's our life now it's a, it's the only thing that we do it it guides us in every direction that we take our life so 
But you had an epiphany more than just I want to grant wishes because you were quite successful at the time, weren't you, in the business? What were you doing at the time? Yeah, I had my own business called Big Day Out, well, Canada's largest travel agency, and they were the administrators for a visa program called CIBC, I made sure of visa. So they wanted to buy my company, so I sold my company to them when my dad was actually sick. So after my dad passed, I sold, I sold the company so I could help take care of my father. And after my, my father passed, then I had all this money from the sale of my business and from an inheritance. And I was kind of lost for a couple of years after that, to be honest, okay. just not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And then it was about two years after my father passed that the genie idea came to me because I didn't really know how to go about helping people. It was all about, before that, I was all about myself and how do I start a business and make it successful and make lots of money and be cool and all that kind of stuff. And all those desires kind of left me after dad passed. So it took me a while to to take that all in and come up with the, the, this genie idea. So it hit you quite hard, the passing of your dad. 53 is young, so young. Yeah, definitely. It was a very sudden thing. that, And to watch someone that you love so much go through the stages so quickly, so... When from when he went to the hospital the first time to when he passed, it was only three and a half months, but it felt like three years. Wow! Um, so I watched my father uh, die or pass. I, I, I'd rather use the word pass, but um, I watched that happen in a short period of time, and it really, it definitely affected me. Mm-hmm. So how's you, how has your life changed from? going from it's all about me and I'm going to make money to I want to grant people wishes? Well, well, when you're in service of other people, your life changes uh, in dramatic, unexpected ways that you never would have imagined. So um, the serving of others is really has served me. So uh, when I when I talk about, you know, what, people ask me, why do you grant wishes? And the, the real answer is because it makes me feel good. Exactly. That's, that's why I do it. It's not because it makes other people feel good. That's that's why, you know, I love that part of it, but that's not the primary reason why I do it. It's because it makes me feel good. And I love the look on the people's faces and and and, um, and, and sometimes I feel quite selfish because of that. It's a really weird kind of thing that happens. Um <laughs> But 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 really, that's that's the real reason why anyone does anything because it makes them feel good. Absolutely. Um, and but and and what people don't realize is helping other people is the thing that makes you feel the best in the, in the whole entire world, and it and it's the way that it is for everyone. Um, exactly. And, best and, fun you can uh, have standing up, right, Joe? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's really interesting. It does. It seems paradoxical, but. When you put yourself out there in the service of others, you'll you'll experience the most joy you'll ever 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 want. Really, most people think it's all about the money and the house and the lover and the children and the holidays and all that sort of thing. But it's really about extending yourself because we're all connected. It sounds like you went on an intense spiritual journey after your dad died. Did you start asking those big questions like? Who are we? Where do we come from? Or were you already kind of lined up with your spiritual understanding before he died? No, I wasn't lined up at all. 
I had no, I thought it was a bunch of, if, I, if someone told me to read a Wayne Dyer book or a Deepak Chopra book, I wouldn't know who they were, number one. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any interest in it whatsoever. I'd think that they were just full of shit, to be honest with you. <laughs> So, but but, but now it's, you know, that, that changed dramatically. So I can, now when I'm on the walk that I'm on right now and people don't believe it and they think that it's just, you know, out there and, you know, you're up in the clouds and come back to, down to reality, I can totally understand it. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't, I don't see the world from that point of view anymore. But I, you know, I don't, it's a necessarily bad point of view. It's just, uh, it's just when you experience both sides of the, the equation, then you can never go back to the way that you were, I don't think. No, you can't. You can never go back. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's interesting because it was in my mother's death that I started asking those questions and I was reading Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer and I've got to say everyone looked at me and thought I was crazy. That was a long time ago, though. It was a long time ago. But I think that today less people are less judgmental of that. I don't know. There seems to be this expansion in this consciousness. And But what I love about you is you're putting your spirituality into practice. You're not just reading the books and proclaiming that you're spiritual now or, and I've changed my life. You're actually going out and doing something with what you know. I mean, you know that we're all connected, so you've got that. And because you are me and I am you, what I do for you, I do for myself. I mean, that's ultimately is, isn't it? Yeah, and that's the way it is in your, that's your mental construct surrounding it. But in reality, it's, you know, you. it's not that we're all connected. We're all actually one. You know, when I do something for you, you do something. But if you take, I think you would take that all that mental construct out of it all together. And there's just a feeling of connection when you do something for someone else, because you're actually consciously connect, like you're physically connecting with yeah. you. It's a wild thing to, to try to get your head around but more than anything everything that I do in my life is based on the feeling and, and a, I just get an ideas and when I get a good idea and I have a desire to do that idea I don't feel like the ideas are mine at all they're just when there's an extreme desire to do it then I'll go do it I think that's what it's all about really and that's why I'm so action-oriented because I don't feel like I'm fully realizing myself unless I'm actually actually doing something about the thoughts and the feelings. Yeah, so you're acting on the impulse. So you're listening yeah. to your guidance. Because a lot of us get those impulses, you know, that, oh, that would be a great idea. And then the little and then the little negative thing comes in and says, You can't do that. Don't think that you can do who do you think you are that you could do that? And so a lot yeah. of people don't act on their impulses. You know, they have that impulse to act, like I I want to do that. I want to give up my job and pretend I'm a genie and give people wishes. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> And, uh, I, I, guess, I guess I'm lucky that I, I do act on my impulses, but sometimes they get me in trouble too on the other side of the equation. I have to say it's really working for you because, one, you've gained huge amounts of publicity in the States, especially and in Canada, and people are really paying attention to what you're doing and it's changing people's lives, both people watching you and the people's lives that you're changing by granting wishes. Tell me about the first wish. Let's go back to the beginning. What was the first wish that you granted when you decided, okay, I'm going to dress up as a genie and grant wishes? Well, the first one was in actually in Calgary. We decided we were going to test out the, the costume. And we went on Breakfast TV, which was a live TV program, and we had no idea who we were going to surprise. I don't know why we, we did that. 
So it was on live TV. We had no idea we were going to surprise. We were, I was getting interviewed. There was three segments, and we were going to just pick someone from the audience, or not from the audience, from the street, and then take them on a dream day and, and see what would happen. But we ended up meeting someone in the studio that was on that day, and we took this lady. She, was, she did a lot of good things in the, the Calgary area, and it was just you know this really great day, and everything just kind of flowed, and it was it was amazing. And we, we were all over the news, and... Ingrid and I both got addicted to it at, the, at that moment. But it really was. There was no plan. We, we did plan out all the activities, but we had no idea who we were, who were going to take on all these activities. We did a, we raced the Ferrari Enzo around a racetrack. And, a Ferrari uh, Enzo? Yeah, and a, and a race car. And we, we did, uh, what else did we do on that day? We went scuba diving and we did some spa experiences and things like that. But it was, it was like six experiences in one day. And when we first started doing it, we jam-packed the days with as much as we possibly could do. And we'd start at like 5 o'clock in the morning on the morning show. We'd end, you know, late that night. Um, but as we started to get better at what we were doing, we we started to tailor the experiences for the people that we were granting wishes for. And then how did you choose people to grant wishes for after that? After that, we came back. To, we were living in Montreal at the time. We flew back to Montreal. And then we planned a tour down to Miami, and we partnered with all these different cancer associations on the way down and asked them to nominate someone, and then we'd surprise them. So the first one was in New York, and we were in the New York Daily News and picked the girl up at the in a limousine, knocked on her front door in the Bronx, me dressed as a genie, she wouldn't open up her door. And then we had the New York Daily News with us because she was like frightened of it. Like it was in the Bronx. It was like some weird guy in a blue cat, blue suit or blue mask knocking on your door. She wouldn't open the door. And her husband ended up having the open door. He was our accomplice. And her name was uh, Millie. And she had uh, stage three cancer. And we, we took her on an amazing day there. And then we did the same thing all the way down to Miami in, in an old beat up uh, Grand Prix. And uh, it was like an amazing. It took like two or three weeks, and it was probably one of the most amazing months that we ever had. And we knew we wanted to keep on doing it. But we planned out, we planned out the whole thing, and we drove down. So it took about a month of planning before we drove to Miami. And what's been one of your favorite life-changing ones that's really touched you? We just recently filmed a pilot for a reality TV show. So we granted thirty wishes in three days in Los Angeles, and grant, that one was you granted three we granted wishes. 30, thirty wishes. Thirty wishes. Thirty wishes in three days. So that one was really emotional and intense. And the person we, the family that we surprised, we really got to know them quite well. And we did a lot of like high level things that I've, we've always wanted to do, like did daycare image makeover. We did an experience with the LA Clippers where he practiced with the LA Clippers. We did wedding vow renewal. We flew in one of their friends that had terminal cancer that they hadn't seen in 20 years. And that was an amazing experience. And it was just, it was just three days of, of everything that I imagined that the genie could be. And it was kind of all, it all came together in a three days span. And now the, the goal is to just do more of that where we're doing more high-level stuff that could like really kind of change a person's life. And what's been your favorite person that's life that you've changed? Has anyone stood out? The person that stands out didn't necessarily change this person's life. That stands out for me the most is a lady that 
had terminal cancer and I knew she was going to die. She knew she was going to die and she was very weak and we were driving in the, in a convertible and her hair is blowing. And she said, you know, what's so great about this, Josh? And I said, yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, it's, it's great driving and you know, the wind's blowing in her ear. She said, no, what's so great about this is that the love that's being expressed today is going to continue after I pass with my family. It's going to connect us forever going to connect me and, and you and, and our whole family together forever and that's always something that i've really held on to in all my wish grants is that we want to ingrid and i want to create an experience that's going to last forever so we want to express love that's going to last forever so that's the one that really touched me and that always sticks with me for and, all my wishes. and did she and did she leave the planet not long after that yeah a couple of weeks later a couple of weeks later they have all the video and the photos, and that's a big reason why we do a lot of media and everything with it, and why we want to capture it on film, because we want to leave that with them after the fact. So are all the participants that you give the wishes to terminal? It started off that it was mostly that, but it's kind of evolved since then. And now what we do is we grant wishes for what we call everyday heroes. And okay. a lot of everyday heroes are people that have endured some type of hardship and overcome it, or they're in the midst of trying to overcome it. So our remit or our mission is kind of expanded where we, we grant wishes for a lot of different types of people, like caregivers, people that have different illnesses. You, you can name any type of person, we've probably granted a wish for them at this point. Yeah, yeah. You know, down here in Australia, we have uh, quite a few shows like Renovation Makeover, where people go to people's houses who are who are struggling financially, or maybe they're foster parents and they've got all these kids, or maybe they've just been sick and they've had a hard time, whatever, they've had a hard time. And someone nominates them and then they go in and they take them out for a day's day out. And then while they're out, they renovate their house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's like, popular down here. So they come home and they've got this whole new house. And they do it all, looks like on television. I don't know if it's the magic of television, but they do it all in one day. I think it's one day. Yeah. 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 It might be a bit of magic and a bit of reality. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, the editing of our, of our show was, you know, looked a lot different on film than it did in, in reality. But, yeah. So is your show on television now or? No, it's, in the pro it's been in the process, it feels like forever. But we finally got to the stage where we filmed like a whole episode. So we have a full episode. We, we brought it over to, we won new producer to watch a, a TV festival called MIPCOM. And then over there we met a distributor and then the distributor is in LA and he, he did a bunch of work for shows like Dallas and everything. And now we've just signed on with a, a big production company who've done some big TV shows. So it's getting there, but it's it's one of those things you get to the top of the peak of a mountaintop and then you have another one to, to, to climb up. Always. So, yeah. But it's getting it's getting really close to the to the very top now. That's how it feels anyways. So when I first met you you had the genie mask on and I said, oh, the genie mask was looking a little bit frightening. And you said to me, yeah, a lot of people say he looks a bit frightening. <laughs> How did you pick the genie mask? How could you not love that? that, that <laughs> um, well, I wanted it to be something that would elicit an emotional reaction in people that they would never forget and take them out of their reality. 
So I looked up Genie Mass. I didn't want to look like an Aladdin or like a Disney character or anything. So I found like an old school Genie, like a, an old picture of, you know, like a folklorish kind of Genie. And he was, you know, definitely a little bit menacing and be careful what you wish for type of a guy. And I just asked, I just liked that, that look. And at the time, I was in a bit of a darker place than I am these days. So I think that is portrayed in the old genie, too. So, uh, yeah, we just asked a mask company in California or in the States to, to make it. And there's only like two companies that make these kind of masks of this quality. They made it look a lot like the, the photo that I sent them. So, yeah, he is pretty fierce. And you had a bit of rejection to the, his fierce face. And you've come up with a like a softer-looking mask. I noticed that you've done a new mask. Yeah, we have a new, younger, gentler-looking genie. He, but, younger, gentler, and sort of hip too. He's more hip. He's got like a tattoo on his head. But you haven't got yeah, that mask there. People will have to go and have a look. They'll have to go check it out. Yeah, I just uh, I just tried to go look for it. and It's somewhere in this house. But <laughs> I, I, was, have, I was wearing it like two weeks ago or less than that. Have so. you had a good reaction to the new genie? Yeah, I have. The only thing is I need to get the, the eyes aren't fitting the way that I would like them, so it makes me look a little bit cross-eyed. So, <laughs> so that's cross-eyed the reason genie. I don't like cross-eyed genie. So the, I, I need, that's, that's on my to-do list to get the, the eyes fixed. Okay. I, I, do, I do like it. But I think it, there, there needs to be an, another one even. And, the, and that's part, that goes back to what we want to accomplish with this. We don't want it to be about just me. We want to. We're going to create a genie for kids program where kids grant wishes for kids, and cool. and we give them costumes. So there's going to be lots of different types of genies around the planet before this is all over. I think. So you're going to franchise it. There'll be genies everywhere granting wishes. Yeah, exactly. That exactly. Sounds, that sounds uh, very cool. That's that's the the long term plan. But and that's part of the reason why we want the TV shows so we can have some type of an international presence and, and be able and that will power everything else too. Because I'm sure you saw the movie The Secret. I mean, there's a big genie in that that grants wishes. So yeah. I loved the fact of the genie because Law of Attraction says, ask and you shall receive. And a lot of people feel like they haven't got wishes. They can't ask. You know, I had a client that just left recently who was just feeling so unworthy, feeling like she doesn't have permission to have what she wants. And, you know, the genie says you have wishes to fulfill and really that's what life says, doesn't it? Like life will grant you your wishes but you need to feel worthy and worthy enough to even ask for them. Have you yeah. found that? I do it a little bit of a different way. I don't I don't really ask for many wishes to be granted. I kind of, I guess I ask spirit or the genie what it wants me to do for them. So when I do that, then, you know, they, they usually ask me to do, spirit usually asks me to do some pretty big things, and then my wishes are granted through that. Um, so it's a bit, a bit of a backwards way of doing it. But that's, instead of the asking for the wish, I ask, how can I be of service? How can I serve? Absolutely. Yeah. But for the people that you're granting the wishes to, how do you know what they, I mean, do you speak to their partners and say, you know, what's their biggest wish or yeah yeah we always have an accomplice in the equation usually it's a, a husband or wife and it, or like close friend or family member and we just ask them to find out what their wishes are and then we we get a list and we try to 
tick off as many things from the list as we can, and then we surprise them. So usually there's a planning period of two to six weeks, depending on what it is that we had to do. So not just one wish, you grant them quite a few wishes. We try to do as much as we can. It depends on how much time we have in the city and what our resources are and and the actual city. And we we do it with them all the time too. So uh, that's a big part of what makes us a little bit different than other people is that almost all the wishes granted are, you know, we're there with them and and we get to know them. So we, we, we establish a connection with the people. So what does Ingrid do in the equation? What's her role in the I Am Genie? She plans out a lot of the, the wish grants. And okay. she, she, her, her job title is Director of Dreams. So okay. she, directs, she directs the dreams and keeps me in line. And, and we, you know, we do a lot. We, we do almost, we keep each other in line and we do, as, we do all of this together. So whether it's the inspirational events with people like Deepak and Wayne Dyer and or if it's the the wish granting events, then we kind of just. Okay, so I see that you've been putting on a whole lot of events lately. Tell me about what you're doing with the events. You're getting some inspirational speakers and spiritual speakers to come and speak. And what's the intention behind the events? Uh, the intention is twofold. One is it's fundraising, and all the pro- profit from these events goes to the I'm Genie Foundation, so we can grant wishes. But but also it's so people can learn how to grant their own wishes, because we can only be there in, in so many places at any given time. So uh, you want to teach someone how to fish. You don't want to just give them the fish. Fantastic. Uh, that's the that, that's the idea behind that is that we want to have people like going back to what you were saying earlier is feel. A connection with spirit and then be able to ask spirit for their wishes to be granted or ask spirit how they can be of service. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how did it go with who was the last person that you had the event with? Do you speak on stage with them or how does it work? Yeah, usually we'll play a little video and then Ingrid or, or myself give a little talk. Uh, so the last event that we had uh, we did one with. We just finished actually nine events in 35 days with Marion Williamson, uh, James Van Praa, and Deepak Chopra. Wonderful! And you have good attendance. You would with that lineup. Yeah, well, they were all separate events: three with okay. James, two with Deepak, and three with Marianne. But yeah, we had really good attendance for for all the events. They're they're doing re- really well for us, which we which we're very. So lots Thankful. more funds there to grant some more wishes. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. That's, that's, what, that's what it's all about. And, we, you know, just the shows in and of themselves grant wishes as well. And we usually grant wishes at, at our shows. Okay. So we cool. usually surprise someone that the, from the audience and bring them up on stage before we start the, the well, show. Well, these guys are so huge now, James Van Prague and Deepak. I mean, they're hard to get in contact with. So I suppose that there'd be a lot of wishes, people like, I wish I could have a reading from James Van Prague, or I wish I could yeah. meet Deepak Chopra and shake his hand and get him to sign my book or whatever, you know, like, or Marianne Williamson, who's, you know, she's out there doing amazing things with her political escapades at the moment. She's doing amazing yeah. things. Yeah, so she's teamed up with Bernie Sanders, and hopefully, fingers crossed, he gets in in the States. <laughs> and Deepak's doing great things with trying to crack the code on everything, <laughs> which is what he. He's trying to kind of do. He's trying to. I saw Deepak uh, interviewed with Oprah, and Oprah said to him, "You know, is there anything that you stress about?" Because he pretty much doesn't stress these days. 
And the one thing he said that was quite surprising, he said, yeah, I want to get as much music out of me before I die as possible and that kind of stresses me because I'm getting older and so my period of time on this planet is getting shorter. So he feels like he wants to speak to more people, connect with more people, do more teaching. Did you find that when you met him? Yeah, totally. He's, uh, He's very efficient and very focused but very sweet. And the more you get to know him, the more you realize how sweet he is. And he's not really, he's not someone that you're, when you get to know him, you don't really need to talk uh, when you're in his presence and you, you can almost talk without having to talk, which I like being around people like that. And then he's one of the most intelligent men I've ever met, if not the most intelligent person I've ever met. So it's nice being around people like that. Like you, there's, there's a saying that, you are the top five or six people that you hang out with the most. And we've had the pleasure of hanging out with people like that recently. So they're the people that we probably are hanging out with the most these days. So it's, it's rubbing off on us, I hope. You know, I had this conversation with another guest, Sandra Champlain, who has a book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's View to Life After Death. And she interviews people as well. And she said, you know, I read that, that we're the top five people you hang out with, blah, blah, blah. And she said, but what if you don't hang out with very enlightened people, you know, what if, because she's a caterer in the in the racing industry. <laughs> and then she had this yeah. epiphany that maybe the people you hang out with are the people's books that you're reading or the people's yeah. videos that you're looking at. So the people that you hang out with don't necessarily have to be physically in your life. They can be hanging out in your head too, you know, the people that you revere. Yeah. So maybe I'm not hanging out with Deepak Chopra, but I am when I'm reading his books or watching him on YouTube or on Oprah. I remember yeah. hanging out with Oprah if I'm watching her. So yeah. that was a great thought too. I think, yeah, I think the time and space are imaginations in our mind. And if, if you're connecting with them through their books and you're connecting with them just as much or probably even more so than if you would with them in person. So. Exactly. Yeah, so let me ask you, have you been hanging out with your dad since he passed? Yeah, I hang out with him all the time. Well, it's a funny thing what happened with um, my connection with my dad. As I progressed through, or uh, I guess you would call it evolved or gr- grown. In expanded. The past, expanded in the past seven years as my consciousness has expanded. At first I could feel him as a separate entity in spirit, and then it kind of progressed into we're just one now and I don't feel him as being any separate anything separate from me except for rare occasions now I don't feel uh, tapping on my shoulder anymore like I used to but I I don't feel any distance from him anymore yeah and I don't have or very rarely some some days I will but I just feel like he's always with me at all times and he's just he's just as much a part of me as I am me so it's a it's a nice feeling so I don't miss him and in that way I don't miss him I miss him very rarely yeah, there you go. Do you talk to him? Yeah. I talk to not him specifically. I talk to to spirit. I talk to it's like talking to myself, I guess. I talk to myself, and yeah, we have lots of conversations for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we usually it's a, a, the, I do most of my talking when I'm pissed off. Actually, to be honest, <laughs> over, over you know, I'm one of, I'm one of those people that pray only when they get mad. When I get mad at God. You know, God knows for sure. So, but other other than that, it's it's not a conversation. It's more of a, a feeling of 
it's hard to explain, but it's I just feel my way through things. I don't I don't necessarily talk to anyone about it. It's not like a go do this or it's more like it feels like I should walk over here and talk to this person. So I do. Because the image I get is him being with you, like that that image that you gave me of this woman being in the car and the hair flying back and, and she was saying, you know, what's great about this is the love that I feel will continue. I see him sitting in the back seat enjoying the ride, like woohoo, because he was the inspiration behind it, really. I mean, he's his transition, his passing to someone who's transitioned is no tragedy, but to the ones that are left behind, that's where we come up with uh, new ideas about who we are and what we're doing here. But I see... Yeah, you see, I just, I just felt... You know, when you talk about him, if you want to give uh, him a name, it's like the tingles that go up from your spine all the way up to your head and down to your feet. I just felt that just then. So that that would be him. That's Dad. So that, hey, Dad. That, High five. That, that it. Hey, how's it going? But I don't, I don't talk. It's just like the, it's the tingles that we, we converse with those tingles, I guess, is, is the best way to put it. But, yeah, he's, he's definitely here all, at all times. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of the story with you because it started out with grief and missing. And, you know, doing something in the service of others has brought you closer to your dad and now you don't miss him anymore. I mean, how great is that? Well, we have a better relationship now than we used to. It's like (laughs) it was, you know, when you have a relationship with someone in human form, and this sounds really kind of out there, but uh, when when me and you were talking to each other, you know, we put up these walls just with our personalities. So I don't have any wall with my father anymore. There's no personality issues anymore. It's just a pure connection. So we're, we're much closer now than we ever were. Yeah, which is the beauty of all of our friends and family that transition because I would imagine because you're dealing with people that are terminally ill, you've seen a lot of people leave the planet, you know, that you've made a connection with and you've been around a lot of people that are grieving. You know, you've been around families that are grieving. They're probably grieving even because the person's going to die more than when they do die. So... How do you deal with these people that are sad and, and grieving? I mean, is granting the wishes enough? Well, that's the best part about it. People say that, you know, that must be the hardest part of your job. But I, I feel like that's that's the part that I enjoy the most. And it's because you are bringing them some happy. I'm taking or I'm, I'm attempting. I don't do it all the time or we don't do it all the time. We're attempting to take them away from their pain by exactly. bringing them, in them into the moment of the wish. Exactly. So when we do a good job, then we do do that. So that's that's my focus when I go into any wish-granting experience is to take them away from the pain, not to think about. I'm not really even thinking about whether or not they're going to pass. I'm thinking about what we're going to do right now. Yeah, in the moment. And yeah, and that usually, if, if, you're, if you do a good job with that, then it takes away all the rest of that crap. And the, I do realize that they're going to go, back to that because they have to deal with pain and the fact that they may pass soon. And then when they do, if and when they, they do pass, then I've, a lot of times I'll feel them again. I feel like it's not just my father, it's all the people that have passed that we've surprised that helped me and Ingrid and whoever's doing this. Um, they, they guide us as, as a total group, not just, not just one person. And tell me, have you seen any of the people that have been in contact with what you're doing turn around and say wow this has changed my life i'm going to go out there and help others too yeah it almost happens all the, all all the, the time most, 
and not all the time, not not every time, but in most occasions when someone is helped, they want to help someone else. I yeah. think it's just a natural occurrence. You know, it's like the pay it forward concept. If you're at a, a Starbucks and someone pays for your Starbucks, you're probably going to buy someone else's Starbucks. So that's that's the basic premise behind it all. And, and it, it, it's a natural occurrence and we don't see it all the time, but Most we, of the time. we know it's all about inspiring people and, and the word inspire to me, means in spirit, and it's that's what it's all about. We're we're bringing people back to their spirit, and then that that spirit wants to help others. For sure, ah, oh, darling, you're doing such fantastic work. So when are you coming down under? As soon as we can. I lived <laughs> I lived I lived down under in 2000. I moved there five days before the Olympics started, and right. So you just, came to the Olympics in 2000. Yeah, and we were literally there, landed there. I was there. I, I started my job like two days after the Olympics ended with, you know, the post-Olympic hangover. And I had, the, I had the most amazing one year of my life down there. So, that you know, I can't wait to go back. Yeah, it's a pretty special place. I have to say, Sydney during the Olympics was incredible. It was magical. A lot of Sydney siders were, were doing pessimistic stuff saying, oh, it's going to be so crowded. Oh, it's going to be chaos. Oh, I want to get out of here. But yeah. actually the opposite happened. Yes, the world came to Sydney. Well, you know, a lot of the world came to Sydney to watch the Olympics. But there seemed to be this energy in Sydney, like when you went into the city I don't know, I can't even explain it. It was just magical. It was like people were floating. Yeah. There was a connection between people I had never seen yeah. before where people in the street were talking to each other. I was standing at a pie stand in the city and talking to the person next to me and everyone started talking to each other as we were lining up to buy yeah. some pies. And I was thinking to myself, I've never seen such expensive pies in my life, but, you know, there you go, it's the Olympics. <laughs> but there was this magic and when we went, to the Olympics, even though we were in these massive queues and we were lining up, everything seemed to work smoothly. I don't know. It was very strange. It was, about, it was very organized, well, well, yeah. very well organized. I lived in Darling Harbour, so I was right in the middle of it wow. all. And I, I just had a ball, like, and it was so well organized and you'd go to all the different, you know, each, each bar had a different country associated with it, so you'd pop around all the places and it was a really cool time to it be in, cool in time. so do we have to have another olympics to get you down here <laughs> no i just uh, you know we're gonna if we get if and when we the show gets the green light then we're gonna the, the idea is to travel around the world and we go to 13 cities we have three days to be able to grant as many wishes as we can for for a family or someone in a different city around the world so sydney will definitely be a stop Great. on that tour That'll be fantastic. I can't wait to see the genie down under. All the genies. <laughs> yes, exactly. We'll have to start a genie, a genie posse down there. A genie, party. genie tribe. A genie tribe, that's right. You'll have to have a genie party. Everyone dresses in blue. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's do it. Like the avatar, like avatar. Everyone's in blue. <laughs> yeah. I say that because yeah. my daughter had an avatar party and there was blue paint all over the house. Josh, it's right. been such a joy and a blessing talking with you today. Thanks so much. Where can people find out more about I Am Genie and get involved? Go to IamGenie.org and that has all the links to our Facebook page and all that stuff there. So that's the easiest way, IamGenie.org. And can they see the films of what you've done? Is yeah, it? on the on the main page, I think there's a link. But if not, click on the, the Genie Reality page and 
that will have some videos to that and go to the Facebook page and you can see all the, the most up-to-date things as well. Fantastic. It's been such a joy talking with you today. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye for now. Bye-bye. That was Joshua Dawson. I am Jeannie, a Canadian man who grants wishes to terminally ill people or people in need. If you'd like to have a look at Joshua, he's rather delicious looking, go to my website, karenswain.com, and you'll see a photograph of him there. Or iamgenie.org. You can read up all about him there. If you enjoyed today's conversation, show us your love by going to our Facebook page, Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain, or Blissful Beings Reminders from Home. We're also on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Subscribe and like. Thanks again. Bye for now. Clap along if you feel like that.